Welcome everyone to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Got a real special episode for you folks today. Today is the infamous Dark Souls podcast. I'm going to be getting into what got me into the series, what makes it so rewarding, so enticing, so intoxicating for to have such a loyal following and fan base. And lastly, I'm going to be ranking the titles. My personal favorite in the series. For those of you who listened to my top 10 games of all time when I was first starting up the podcast, should be a dead giveaway that obviously Dark Souls 1 is my favorite game of all time. So that's not a spoiler in any way, shape, or form. But before I get into that, though, and before I get into the weeds of diving into the Dark Souls series, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping first, a little bit of update on what I've been playing. About a week ago, I think it was last Friday, Monster Hunter Rise came out for the Nintendo Switch. I have been playing it. I've put about 8 to 10 hours into it so far, and I like what I'm playing so far. It's a solid game. I haven't done a review on it yet because I really want to, one, I want to beat the game, but two, I want to have much more time with it. So this is kind of just like my early thoughts. It's more Monster Hunter. For those of you who played it, you know exactly what you're getting. It's not quite the jump in the series that Monster Hunter Worlds and the Iceborne DLC was for the Monster Hunter series on PS4. It's kind of more of the same, like slight improvements. However, I do really, really like the increased mobility. You obviously get your Palico or Palico. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. But you also get an additional dog mount. And that increased mobility makes a world of difference to me. No longer are you stumbling through the woods. Your character feels weighty and heavy and slow when you have to chase a monster. But now you can, besides uh, knowing where it is on the map right away, you can just get right on your mount and chase it right down. It, it cuts the time down in half of missions, I feel like. Instead of being like a 35, 40-minute slog, it's taking me like 10, 15 minutes, which I, I personally enjoy. I like the cut time. In addition, you also get like these wire bugs that let you zip across the level. And you can also do like a neat little air recovery move. So in previous Monster Hunters, when you got knocked on your ass, it was extremely frustrating because your guy was getting up kind of like he just spent all night in an Arby's. Like you're just getting up really slow. Like, and in the meanwhile, you would get like two or three hits on you from the monster boss as well. So as soon as you got knocked down, you had to get up, hope you didn't get killed just by that alone. And in addition to that, you had to take an additional healing potion like right away. So you're using two healing potions when it should only be for one overall heal. But that's like the early impressions of it. It's a little more straightforward than Monster Hunter World. Not as much depth to it. I'm not, the story's not as deep. It's kind of like drops you right in, right into the action. Very, it's a little bit more linear in my opinion. But I'm liking it so far. It's a nice game on a Nintendo Switch. It's a new game. There's no remaster or remake as much as I love those, but. 2021's kind of been eh in the gaming industry right now. So we're finally starting to see some new games drop. So as I play more of it, I'll probably do an episode later on in the year once I play more of it and review it. And I also want to play with some buddies too, just to get a sense of the multiplayer. But yeah, so I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. In addition to that, I believe it's supposed to come out tomorrow, but I think there's like a day one or early edition that launched today. Uh, Outriders, I plan to pick that up for PS5. I did play the demo. Oh, before I forget, I completely forgot about that. For those of you who are interested in Monster Hunter, or should you pick it up? My opinion is just play the demo. There's a free demo on the Nintendo eShop. You can download and play it now. 
Um, in addition, you can also play Monster Hunter World the entire game for free on the PS collection if you have a PS5. So you have options. So one way or another, you can try the game. So I highly recommend you try it because it's free. You can either do the free full game on PS4 or PS5, I mean, or download the Nintendo eShop demo, which is still up, I believe. So, sorry, getting back to Outriders, I did play the beta slash demo, whatever you wanted to call it, a couple months ago or a month ago. Um, it's made by people who fly, and I believe that's the same people that did Bulletstorm, and I believe it's also the same people that did uh, Gears of War Judgment. So, it's kind of a cover shooter following the same tendencies as Gears of War, but kind of mixed a little bit more with like a Division style of gameplay. So there's a little bit of Ubisoft mix in there, it seems like. But I plan to pick it up tomorrow. Plan to play a lot of it this weekend. Uh, plan to put some time into it. And once I beat it, I'll launch a review and my thoughts on that as well. So that's what I've been playing so far. Besides, obviously, all the sports stuff with the craziness that is the leading up to the draft. But enough of all that. Now we can finally turn our attention and we can get into the uh, main event here, the Dark Souls. So obviously I've already, I can't express enough how much I love this series. Not only is it my favorite game of all time, but as I just said two seconds ago, it's also my favorite series of all time. And I would not have guessed that when I was first picking up games. But it's a love-hate relationship. People ask me, my wife asks me all the time if I'm a masochist, if I just like punishment. Because watching me play it, she doesn't think I'm having a good time. But as frustrating as it is, and as much as it beats you down, it is one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had in gaming. And I think that's why I keep coming back for more. And I always tell people once it clicks, it's so much it it once it clicks, it becomes such a better experience for you. And yes, you'll still run in the frustrations, but it's never to the extent of when you're first trying to get into the series. So before I get on into all that, because I could do so many more episodes than just this one, and I plan to if people want to. I could do videos or uh podcasts on the lore what the hell is going on because the story is not in your face it is spread throughout item descriptions lore like you gotta pay attention to the environment what the bosses are doing to understand what's going on i could focus on what i think should come next what will they ever do another one like i could do all these videos countless on but for now i'm just going to focus on how i got into the series my thoughts my ranks and if you are planning on for some crazy reason and i have done a masterful job of convincing you to give this game a try or the series a try. Which one should be your first game? And I plan to give my review for that as well. Or not review, but what my recommendation would be. So I think a good place to start off would be how I got into the series. And then bridging that into what makes the series so rewarding or why do I enjoy it so much. So... I first got into Dark Souls with uh, Demon Souls, actually. From Software first made Demon Souls, which was a PS3 exclusive, published by Atlas. At least in America, it was published by Atlas. And I picked it up in early 2010. I was on a training trip with uh, swimming 
back in college. A buddy of mine slash teammate of mine highly recommended it. So we went to a Best Buy, picked it up. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a training trip is, it's kind of like when you just stay in your dorm or you stay in a hotel and you basically wake up, eat, swim, lay on a beach, swim another practice, eat, go to bed. So in that time span, I was just playing PS3 and I was giving this game a try. I made it to I made it through the first world and I was prepared for it to be really hard because that's obviously what the marketing's behind and even the reviews all say is prepare to die. That's actually Dark Souls one, but Demon Souls still same thing. Brutal difficulty. So I went in kind of expecting it, but I made it through world one because they're broken up. Demon Souls is broken up Crash Bandicoot style. So world or Mario Brothers style as well. Like world one dash one, one dash two, one dash three. And there's a boss fight at the end of each level. So I made it through and I thought it would be okay. I'll go one, one, two, one, three, one, four, one. Five, one, and then I'll go one, two, 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 three, two, like an etc. And so I made it through world one, world two, world three, and I don't even know if I beat the boss of world three. World three's boss wasn't bad or hard, but I just I can get into that in a second. But I think I made it to world four, which is the Storm King's world, and I just got beaten down to the point where I gave it up. I remember hating the checkpoints. Like, and for the record, Demon Souls is the one that's remade now on PS5 as well by uh, Blue Point Games that came out as a PS5 launch title. But I played through the first world, World 101, and it always sucked to me. And I didn't realize until like halfway through that you can unlock shortcuts to get back to the original checkpoint. So I would play through for like 45 minutes, die. And have to go through 45 minutes of crap again to get back to it. And at the time, I didn't realize there could be shortcuts back to it. But I was like so disheartened about it. So when I was first playing Demon Souls, I didn't put like three hours into a game at a time or two hours. It was I'd play until I die. And then I would either try one more time or if I played for like a long series before dying and I died, I would just give up there. I was kind of nicking away at it. I wasn't ever binging at it because I just didn't want to get too frustrated. I play games to get away from stress, not to add stress, ironically enough. But so I went through World 101. I think my problem was I kept trying to go to areas because I didn't know the rules of Demon Souls. So I didn't know the nuances of it. I was trying to fight these red-eye knights that you can beat them that point, but at the stage where I was and I had no idea what I was doing, I probably should have just saved it for later. So I died more often than I could, like trying to kill that one knight for that one stupid item. Just because it's like the Mario syndrome and you see a shiny object, like a glisten in the corner. It's like, okay, I got to get that no matter how hard this big ass enemy is. But so I made it through World 101, 201, like I said, and I think I just gave up because... I was tired of that cycle. Like it just broke me down. Like I was tired of, I didn't realize the shortcuts. They weren't as done as well as in, in later entries in the series. And the checkpoints just broke me down of like, okay, I got to world four. I saw a stingray shooting spears through the air at me. One hit KO me. I had these rolling skeletons that would just two shot me. And I had archers and I was like, all right, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm just done. So I stopped playing it. And that was in 2010. And then put it away, never touched it again. 
I don't know if I traded in or if I still have the physical copy somewhere. But then in 2012, early 2012, after I was done with college, I tried again, but I picked up Dark Souls. I picked it up on uh, Xbox 360. I bought this fancy ass uh, hardcover strategy guide from like Prima Games. And I heard nothing but good things about it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, Dark Souls made by the same people from software. It's not technically a sequel to Demon Souls, but it's kind of like, you know, their next entry still. Not connected story wise at all, but like their next Souls like quote unquote game. So I picked it up. Did a little better because it just enticed me. Like, I loved right off the bat the mythology of Dark Souls. Like, I loved how it was kind of like the Age of Fire was like the Age of the Gods of Greek mythology of, like, you had Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, even though this is Lord of Cinder, he's like your Zeus, right? And then you had uh, Nito, First of the Dead, which was like your Hades. But anyway, I was really addicted to it played through until the infamous blight town right i played through blight town which for those of you who don't know what blight town is it's probably one of the it's like the breaking point for most people in the series at the time on playstation 3 and xbox 360 this is where the game chugged to like down to like 15 frames a second for the most part the game ran at 30 frames a second it got to blight town it was just too much for the hardware it wasn't until DS Fix came out with a patch for PC to make the game playable in 60 frames. And then obviously the Dark Souls remasters that were released on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and uh, three, uh, Xbox One fixed this as well to where it's a solid 30. And on the consoles, it's a solid 60 frames. But it was just picture this big-ass poison swamp with these dudes of billy clubs, Venus fly traps, bugs that bluge blood on you or whatever it is and just to further kick you in the nuts there's no bonfire up at all that part if you work your way through this hellhole you get down to a poison swamp and right where there's a bonfire on like a sewage tunnel or a drainage pipe a person uh, man eater mildred comes with this big ass machete and just wrecks your shit if you're not ready for it and then you got to do it all over again and I remember being like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, in addition to that, you're going through the swamp. You slow your mobility. So your guys like trudging through it, right? And there's these giants that throw big ass boulders at you. And they can one shot you or two shot you, depending on what your build is. And I'm like, all right, fuck this. And I gave up again. And then... It wasn't all doom and gloom for the record, too. I had more fun in Dark Souls than I did in Demon Souls in my first playthrough. There was a boss, the Gargoyles, I was stuck on, and I remember figuring out like the light bulb, the aha moment of, oh, I got the white soapstone from Solaire, so, uh, the praise the sun memes you see on the internet all over. And summoning in this actual person, though, instead of Solaire, and this dude just like wrecked these Gargoyles. He was like tank and spank to the extreme. like He was clearly way higher level. Knew what the hell he was doing, but I remember that being a nice, my first attempt at jolly cooperation, and I was so happy to just see this dude, because you got to fight two gargoyles on this small-ass roof of a church, and this dude just, like, was tanking these guys. He, he could have done the fight by himself, and I'm just sitting back eating popcorn, like, okay, I'm just going to try not to die, 
And I was just rolling like an idiot while he just is like, I got this. But anyway, so I gave up when I hit Blight Town, which then I found out later on, like, was the breaking point of many gamers. So I traded it on 360. I just gave it up. I kept the strategy guide for some reason, though, because I think I just liked it. And I liked the, like I said, the mythology and I love the lure of it. So I just read through the strategy guide and I studied the hell out of it. I tried to prepare, but I still died a shitload and I just got frustrated. And I kept it because I think I'm like, okay, well, in my heart, I'm just never going to be good enough to beat this game. So I'll just, you know, read on and like be envious of people who can and experience this like really great world that they've built. So then late 2013, I moved out to Rochester with my cousin. We both moved in and he was playing Dark Souls, the DS fix version on PC with the buddy of ours. And I walked in on him just playing with them because apparently the like Dark Souls 2 was announced for like early or Q1 or Q2 in 2013 or 2014. I mean, I'm sorry. And I just remember, I don't know why I just had a hungering and a hankering to play this game again, even though I knew what was kind of around the corner. I don't know if it was seeing my cousin play it inspired me to do it. Or if I was just sick in the head and I just wanted another crack at it. So then I went through a third time. I either dug up my old copy or I purchased it digitally to just have it on my... I don't remember which I did, honestly. I want to say I digitally bought it. But for whatever, you can just say however we got it. I remember playing it. And that's when it clicked. And I don't know what it caused it to click for me to break through or exactly where the point was, but I did manage to go through and beat Demon Souls. And then I picked up Dark Souls on PS3 instead of 360 because I, I don't know if I didn't have my 360 or if I just traded in the 360 altogether, but I had my PS3. So I played through Demon Souls, beat it. Played through Dark Souls, beat it. And then I played Dark Souls 2, at launch on March 11, 2014, which was the first Souls game I ever played at launch. Usually it was like six months later to a year later. Rave reviews. I eventually would be like, oh, okay, I'm going to try it. But I blew through Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1. And my cousin was looking at me like a man possessed. He was like, there's no way you're going to beat this game. I know you. you get frustrated. You get, and he was impressed when I beat through. And I think it was like a month. It took me a month, I think, to beat both of them. And then obviously Dark Souls 3 or 2, I mean, a few months later. It took me like a few weeks, two, three weeks. But I guess what it clicked for me was, one, I was more prepared for it. But also, I started to learn the tendencies of the game. So Dark Souls, this is how I got into it. And actually, this might be a good spot to go to break because this is going to tie directly into what I think makes the series so rewarding. So I'm going to use my personal experience and tie that into what makes Dark Souls so uh, such an investment, you know, but a worthwhile investment in my opinion. So we're going to go to break really quick before I get into this long rant and forget about everything. So go to break, come back, and we'll come over what makes this series so rewarding or, you know, what makes us dive into it.
And yes, I plan to play that music every single time we come back from break. Because this is a Dark Souls episode, and this is probably the only time I'm going to be able to get to play this music. So you're going to have to deal with the creepy orchestral sound. So I covered what got me into the Souls series. Whether it be my love of dying over and over again, whether it be the brutal combat, hard boss fights, memorable rage quits, whatever it be. But I think what makes the series so rewarding, though, is once you look past the difficulty. Yes, the game is hard, but it's so much more than that. And I think you have to go in with the expectation of, because it's an action RPG, so the Souls series, all the Dark Souls games, you pick your character, whether it be, you know, you got your magic builds, you got your, you know, tank and spanks that just hit like a truck. You got your glass cannons, you got your dex builds, which is what I roll with, which are like stabby, stabby, roll out of the way, dodging more than, you know, I mean, light armor with dodging more than, you know, with items causing bleed. And then you've got the crazy bastards who go with the deprived, which is naked with a bull haircut like Mowgli from Jungle Book, and they just barrel roll through everything. And God bless those people, because I just couldn't do it. But they, you know, the infamous phrase of get good, I think those type of things deter, like, detract people from playing this game. And everybody, the key I want to make is everybody struggles. Even the guys who are, you know, measuring the size of their freaking wanks, right on on internet forums and stuff they struggled everybody has struggled at some point with this game and usually the first one you jump into for me at least usually it's the first game you play is always the hardest one except Sekiro fuck that game that I'm not counting Sekiro as a Souls game by the way I count that as more of a Tenchu slash Ninja Gaiden-esque game but that's an exception everything else first entry in the series is always the hardest at least for me because you need to learn how the game operates the game has a strict set of rules and it's fair you can do it even if it sounds impossibly hard once you know what you're doing and once you know what the game is it becomes easier dark souls is a game that one you level up by the way so every time you kill enemies you know i mean you're gaining levels while you're dying over and over and over so you're becoming naturally stronger but also as a player you're getting better this is a game that's trying to teach you it's not holding your hand but it's a game that's trying to teach you how to play so at the end of dark souls when you finally break through that wall and beat the game you're a better player you're a better player as a like you can play the same level again and you'll breeze through the first 10 hours, even at a lower level, because you'll know what you're doing. It's not hard like Super Meat Boy or the old school Mario Bros game where it's muscle memory and memorization that makes it easier. This isn't that. It's just playing the Soul series is being cautious. Shields up around corners, knowing that okay, there's a mob of enemies and let me throw a firebomb and lure one at a time because I can beat them one at a time versus just Batman and get right in the middle of all of them and saying, who wants to go? You know, it's learning the tendencies and it makes for really entertaining stories. Like I tell people, Blight Town, what caused me to rage quit at the same time also serves as a proud moment for me. It's the first game where Most games you feel good. The story is where the reward lies, right? Like the story payoff of, oh, what's the, you know, 
the plot twist or the resolution to the narrative. That's the payoff. Dark Souls, the payoff is beating it. It's one of the games that goes back to an old school tendency of you have pride just in beating the game, not just because of its difficulty either, but you feel like you've been on this adventure. You feel like you've been through everything and hell and back. Like beating Blight Town was one of the most challenging moments of my gaming career up until that point. And then Bloodborne decided to come on and step on my balls. And then Sekiro, as mentioned, stuck swords straight up my ass on those final bosses. Ugh. But Blight Town was you go through this hallway of horrors, like I mentioned, past the poison swamp, past the asshole NPC Maneater Mildred. Oh, and by the way, past the random douchebag Scuba Steve or Noob Master or whoever who just decides to invade your game just to shit on your day, and you have to start it over. Then you fight the boss finally at the end, which is this half-naked woman merged with a spider that spits lava out of its mouth. I can't make this shit up. (laughs) And then you get the save point. But it's the most rewarding experience that it is fair. The game does have rules, and these enemies have to follow that rules as well. So my advice to people would be, you don't have to, very few, you just heard my example, very few people get into Dark Souls the first time and barrel right through it. My cousin might have been one of them, but even he had frustrations, even though he might not admit it. There are parts where he had frustrations. Everybody, even if you play, like I know some of my friends have played Bloodborne, so it's free MPS Plus, and they raged and gave up. That's fine. Come back to it months later or pick up a different entry. We're going to get into that in the, like, in later in the show of what one I would recommend you get into first. But don't be afraid. Be patient with this game. This is not a typical game where you're going to jump in. You know, it's going to be ubisoft style of you know you kind of just explore and those games are great by the way but this isn't what souls is dark souls series or souls-esque games quote unquote is you're gonna die but once you figure out like i said before manage your stamina lure one enemies in one at a time be cautious shields up at all times around corners so if an enemy comes out of the hallway and swings at you you can block it if you're a magic build you know Don't be afraid to use your magic. Hit people from far away. You don't have to get up close. Like, time your rolls. Don't spend, like, all that stuff. You learn all of this as you play it. You can also cheat and watch. There's plenty of walkthroughs. Don't be afraid to look through walkthroughs for help. Yes, there's still troll moments in the game of this NPC is going to murder half your crew if you don't take care of him. But like I said, don't be afraid to go through guides to tell you that. But I think. That's what makes the game. The first few hours are always the toughest. And that's what I have in my notes here. You will get better at the game and not just through muscle memory. You will get better. I would recommend summoning and people to help that does help as well, but that won't long-term help you because you don't want to also have the person just tank the whole game for you because that you still won't feel accomplished because you're still going to feel like, well, I'm just hiding in a corner. So we've covered the gameplay of it to where the payoff is how much better as a player you get. And I want to get into next, like I said, what first enticed me into the soul series. And this is going to focus more on dark souls, one, two, and three, not necessarily demon souls, which is kind of its own thing. And same with bloodborne, which is its own thing. The lure of dark souls is fantastic. The series. I mean, 
the it's a game that doesn't have it has cutscenes in the beginning, usually at the beginning and the end. Everything else, I know uh, the director Hidetaki Miyazaki said for one and three, what he was inspired by as as a kid trying to play a board game, but he couldn't read the dialogue because it was in a different language. So he was trying to piece together what this game was trying to tell him. And that's what inspired him. You know that something, this world has so much going on in it. Deserted. It's at the end of times. The age of fire is about to extinguish. People are turning into zombies. It's literally end of the world type shit. And you have to figure out what's going on from all this. Why is this age on the brink of ruin? And the item descriptions will tell you. You could also cheat and use Vatavidya like I did on some of it. But Dark Souls, when you play it through the first time, you're just trying to beat the game. You're like, man, that's rewarding. But then when you play through it again or you watch all the Vatavidya videos or um, there's other ones out there, too. I'm brain farting right now on their names. They deserve shout outs, too, because they're they're really, really good, too. Jake the Ashen Hollow is one I was thinking of. He's fantastic. But. Epic Name Bro is another one. He wrote one of the guides. I think it was Dark Souls 2. But there's so much more to the game. Most games, you beat the game, you're done. People are still beating Dark Souls series games and covering more and more and more. You read the item descriptions. Like, for example, when you kill a boss, you turn its soul into a sword. You read the sword and say, soul of a knight who, you know, was swallowed by the abyss, never to be heard from again rumors of his legend are great and you piece that together with what you're seeing in the environment it sounds horrifying like in the sake of i don't want to i just want to be told what the story is but that's what souls is it not only makes you work from a gameplay perspective it makes you work from a story perspective and it's very thematic like the story is actually pretty good no not the story i say the story is kind of because it doesn't tell you but the lure is fantastic you could write papers on this of what's going on and what you think is going on, because everyone can have a slight interpretation of it. So enough on the story, because I don't want to get too into the weeds on that. I almost just did right there. And that could be its own podcast or whole episode, I mean, of what I think the story is and why you would like it. But I'm going to leave it off at that. The environments in the Soul series are fantastic, and the boss fights are what people look for, too. My favorite world, well, two worlds, actually. My two favorite worlds in the Souls series are Anne Orlando and Dark Souls 1 and the Tower of Latria and Demon Souls. Both in their own way. They're detailed, they're rich, they're memorable environments. All of them are, by the way. You go to different areas. In the boss fights, people list, not even just because of how hard the boss fights are, because not all of them are as hard as you think. Some are obviously brutally difficult, but most of them, it's how fun is the fight or how memorable it is. And they're all so good, like Ornstein and Smog's the one everybody comes to mind with Dark Souls 1, right? Or uh, Medir from Dark Souls 3 DLC, or Nameless King from Dark Souls 3, or the, uh, I'm forgetting about the Fire Beast from Demon's Souls. I'm brain farting on it right now, but I'll, remember, I'll probably remember it like two seconds from now. But, the, the enemies of Dark Souls will stick with you. Those boss fights will stick with you to where 10 years from now you're still talking about, oh, I remember that fight. Like The boss fights are just memorable, and the environments are memorable. 
So you remember, like I said, Anne Orlando or Tower Latria, but you'll each have, and I'm not saying Blaytown. Anybody who says Blaytown, off. Ugh. Swamp levels are never my forte, but there are levels that are going to stick with you. And each of them are different. And they're very well detailed. They all have shortcuts. They're like giant mazes, essentially, that link back to the, the spawn points. And yeah, I don't want to spoil too much with the boss fights, but they're all, they have their own themes as well. There's different types of bosses. They're not all the same. Demon Souls kind of suffers a little bit from Crash Bandicoot Syndrome, which is they have a very hard tell of a weakness. You find that weakness and exploit it over and over and over, where the other boss fights in the series aren't that way. You have humanoid bosses, which are like a dance, like a sword dance. And then you have the bigger enemies, which are dragon fighting position, which is for those of you who don't know what that is from Skyrim technique, it's hold the left cheek, stick in the left butt cheek, roll. Don't be afraid to back up, heal up, and etc. But so that's what makes the series rewarding between the sense of growth and progression, both in the game and as a player, because you will get stronger. You'll go back to original areas of the game and you'll one-shot stuff. So you still get that RPG element. You get the rich layered lore, which at first makes no freaking sense. But then when you go through either listening or researching on your own or even just replaying the game again, it starts to make sense and you realize, whoa, there's like a lot more here. And the absolute memorable environments, boss fights. And the last point of this that makes it so good is it's infinitely replayable, not just from a story perspective, but how many builds you can roll with. Because it is an RPG, you can be a dex build, like I said that I was. You could be a strength build, tank and spake style, one-shot great swords. You have magic builds. You have builds for PvP, which are player versus player. Uh, PvE, which is just beating the story of the game and stuff. You have endless possibilities of the builds you can play with. And I've mixed and matched myself. I had a strength faith build on Dark Souls 2. Never doing that again, by the way. But I did magic in Demon Souls. I did magic in Dark Souls 1 on my th- second or third playthrough. But there's so much and that's why i recommend the souls games more so than even bloodborne at times for people because even though bloodborne's got the cool gothic aesthetic it's more limited to the gameplay styles yes there's different weapons but dark souls you could be completely different if you don't like getting up in people's face you could completely be a magic build and just you know stay at a distance like the game gives you that flexibility and it plays for a different game. I think the melee combat's where it's at, but I will admit playing as a magic build completely felt like a different game to me. Much different environment, much or not environment. I'm sorry, much different strategies, different boss difficulty bosses that I was struggling with as a melee were cake as a magic, but then bosses that I caked over as a dex build were a pain in my ass as a mage. But so yeah that's kind of what makes the series rewarding for those of you who are thinking about it like i have many friends that ask me i would say stick with it but don't overdo it like come back to it a later time then it'll eventually click or jump to different games in the series if you want that don't be afraid you don't have to keep running your head into the bloodborne wall you don't have to keep running your head into the dark souls wall so i guess i'm gonna get into 
ranking the titles next. I could do which game you should play, but I kind of want to save that for last just to keep people listening. So I'm going to rank the games first. And then I'll get into which one you should play or pick up if you haven't played the series at all. Obviously, everybody knows what number one is, but I'm going to start with the worst. It should be noted that in this ranking, I will not be including Sekiro, like I said, because I do not consider Sekiro a Souls game. It's made by From Software, yes, but there's no endurance meter. There's no RPG elements really like leveling up. Yes, you get more HP and yes, you learn more techniques. But there's no points distribution system for your abilities of like endurance, strength, stamina, vigor, all that. And it's not set in the same atmosphere or environments or it's not connected lore wise. So I don't consider Sekiro a Souls game. Like I said, I consider it a Tenchu spiritual successor or in the realm of like a Ninja Gaiden. So Psyche won't be in this ranking. And even though I didn't talk about Bloodborne, Bloodborne I will put in this ranking, but I'm not going to go... I'll go into slight detail on Bloodborne, but I'm also not going to go into too much because this is a Souls episode. So if I had a rank, the worst one, this is going to probably surprise people. And I should clarify and say it right out bat, off the bat. The wor- All these games are 8s out of 10 or better. Even the worst Souls game is not a bad game. It's just my personal preference. And I find as though people more fondly remember the first one they play. Like I always say how the first one's always the hardest. People also have an attachment to the first one they play because it's all new to them. So here we go. If I had to say it, the worst one right now for me, taking all of this into context and bear in mind, This is including all the DLC and the HD versions of them, quote-unquote. So the best versions of these games. So for Demon's Souls, it'll be the PS5 version. Dark Souls 2, it's Scholar, the first Sin Edition, etc. Okay, now I'm good. And Dark Souls Remastered. I would say Dark Souls 3 is the worst one at 5. Dark Souls 3 is a good game. It does a lot of things well. But it doesn't do anything for me to separate itself from the series. Basically, every other game on this list does something better than Dark Souls 3 does. Now, while Dark Souls 3 might do stuff better than other games, there's nothing out of the five games that you can point to and say, Dark Souls 3 does it best. You want to go with, well, it has graphically the best. Well, I'd say maybe Bloodborne's better. Well... What about the PvP? Eh, Dark Souls 2 is better. What about the PvE gameplay? Bloodborne. What about the lure, the story? Eh, Dark Souls 1. You know what I mean? Like everything in the other games. What was it original? Did they have new environments? No, that was Dark Demon Souls, which started off the whole thing. So you get what I'm saying? Like Dark Souls 3 does a lot of things really good, but it's not original enough to be ranked higher, in my opinion. The lure was also the weakest of all of these games. The story made sense but it contradicted itself from previous entries it tried to throw dark souls 2 out the window with the exception of aldrich's storyline from the scholar of the first sin and dark souls 1 to 3 is supposed to be this century jump and it feels like it was a two-year jump and they did it because they it's like they kind of tried to listen to the fans too much of 
let's bring back Anne Orlando. Let's bring back, you know, this boss. Remember, wink, wink him. It's like, yeah, but shouldn't he be like a skeleton? Not like it. Th- they did stuff to try to make it like a fan service. And I said that already, but that's really what it is. The lore felt like fan service more than actually cohesion and trying to build an integral, like independent narrative like the other entries in the series did. Once again, it's not a bad game. I like the I like Dark Souls 3 a lot. At first, I liked it more than some of these games, but as a ranking it on the series, its lack of originality, its lack of doing anything to significantly stand out, make it the weakest game in the series, in my opinion. Next up, I'm going to cover, it's going to be Dark Souls 2 coming in at number 4. Dark Souls 2, for a lot of people, is the worst game in the series. Miyazaki, the director of Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, infamously stepped away. I think he took a promotion. I think he was like the producer of it. Uh, so different. It was still from software, but it was widely regarded as like their quote unquote B team. The combat didn't feel as sharp. The graphics were not as impressive as the trailers showed. People were upset. The combat... Dark Souls 1 and actually Souls games in general have this feel to them, and people were pissed that Dark Souls 2 felt stiffer. Your character felt like he was walking on tight, like on a like stilts, and it wasn't until you got the agility up to like 93 or something like that to actually get the movement that was like a Souls game, and people were pissed about that, that I got to invest this much levels just to make the game feel like a Souls game. People didn't like that. People also thought Dark Souls 2 was too easy. They also thought the game didn't have it had too many humanoid enemies, but I would agree with some of those. That's why I think I have it lower on the. I think I have it still near the bottom as well. But Dark Souls Two has the best PvP, and what I mean by PvP is it's you, player versus player. So Dark Souls Two had arenas where you could literally just all day summon and invade people and just fight to the death, duel style, and. The PvP in other Souls games is a mess. It's usually a lag fest. You swing and hit them, and their health goes down two seconds later. Like, it's not clean. Dark Souls 2 actually had a clean melee system. I'm not going to come out here and say it's Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter level of, like, accuracy, but it's the best in the series. The PvP in Dark Souls 2, hands down, was the best. It also, Dark Souls 2, I'm going to say, is better than... Dark Souls 3 because it had fantastic DLC better than Dark Souls 3's DLC, the Crowns DLC, so three parts, which kind of alleviated a lot of the concerns people had with the original Dark Souls 2. And this was included in Scholar of the First Sin, which had better graphics, which alleviated. So Scholar of the First Sin alleviated some of these concerns people had. It added more context to the story with the Aldrich part. It added three DLCs which had great level design, improved bosses that weren't humanoid enemies. And it ties the game together nicely with Dark Souls 1. The DLC I wouldn't say is the best in the Souls series. I probably would still say Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne are slightly better, but it's for sure better than anything Dark Souls 3's trotted out. And it relates to the story wonderfully. I just wish they would have expanded upon it more in the next entry. But like I said, you can't do anything with that now. Dark Souls 2 also, I like the fact that I agree it's easier. But I like it that it tries something new. 
Dark Souls 2 tried to be its own independent game of saying, we're not going to take place in Lordran. We're going to take place, like, picture Lordran as, like, South America. This game's going to take place in Europe. That's what it did. It, like, a different, like, to show how this impacts the world and how it doesn't matter what you choose at the end of Dark Souls 1. The choice is irrelevant, that we are stuck because the first sin, quote-unquote, like, family guy, I feel like, oh, they said the name of the title. The first sin was committed that this isn't the way the world is supposed to be, that something was knocked the world out of whack. Wasn't supposed to be this way. And I just love all that. Dark Souls 2 tries things differently. Even if it doesn't always work, there's no lows in Dark Souls 2 either. Like, there's no Blight Town level of frustration in Dark Souls 2. At least not in my opinion. And the boss fights that can be really challenging and tough in Dark Souls 2 aren't until the DLC. Although Smelter Demon can go fuck off. That part. That took me. My cousin will be the first to remember it. Literally, I stayed up. I should have just gone to bed or eaten a sandwich. So rule for you guys, if you're stuck on a boss, just go to bed, sleep on it, or take a break, or eat a sandwich, something. Because I played that boss fight at 7 at night, and I don't think I beat him till 4.30 in the morning. Because I just kept trying over and over and over and over. But anyway, that's droned on long enough. So that's why Dark Souls 2, it's lower on the series, because obviously meant things I mentioned. But I have it higher than other people do, because I like the fact they tried something different. Number three on the list, I have uh, Demon Souls. Demon Souls was the first to try. I just gave Demon Souls a little higher than Dark Souls 2 because Demon Souls was the first to do everything. It really was the origin of the game. A lot of people say Dark Souls is the one that got popular, but Demon Souls is the one that tried everything new. Demon Souls still has one of the best worlds in, in the game with Tower of Latria. Each of the worlds, even though they weren't interconnected like the later Souls games would be, they're all uniquely different. They're all really well done. And they all, even the boss fights have all tried something new. Even if they're cheesy to the point of exploiting a weakness on a boss, they're all differently designed and very well done. So I guess Demon Souls being the first to do everything is what puts a higher on the list for me. But at the same time, why isn't it number one or two? Because it has data mechanics. It is the best looking game now on the PS5 for sure. With Bluepoint done a wonderful job. But the mechanics haven't aged as well. Yeah, they included forward directional movement. But it's annoying as hell upgrading your gear when you have to have green ore versus titan ore versus iron ore versus like it doesn't mesh as well. The other Souls games fix that problem. In addition... From a mechanic standpoint, I wish they would have, like, they they had some really janky bosses. Like, the Dragon God boss fight, which is the one when you watch the trailer, the big-ass thing that smashes the castle wall. He's just a cheese fight. I wish they would have improved it. There's a couple of fights that are just really disappointing. And it's just not as memorable to me as, like I said, the worlds of Demon Souls are fantastic. But the boss fights are kind of, eh, eh. Whereas the other Souls games have better boss fights and improved mechanics and quality of life improvements. Like the grass improvement of you got to carry 100 crescent grass to heal up was replaced by the much improved Estus Flask system. Stockpile Thomas is nice with his little charm, but they improved upon that with the uh, King Seeker Frampt and Darkstalker Koth, the World Serpent. But 
So while Demon Souls is high enough, its originality and entry into the series makes it higher than the other two. It's square in the middle because it it does feel dated with some mechanics, and I wish there was better boss fights. Honestly, I like like I said that they're all different, but they're not as strong as the other two entries. So I'm going to come away for one last break. When I come back, we're going to cover the top two games, which you should all by know by now by process of elimination. And then we're also going to get into which game should you play? What I would recommend if you're going to play the Soul series, what's the first one you play? So when we come back, we'll answer those. And we're back to the last part of the Dark Souls coverage that we'll be doing for here. And we left off with me ranking the Dark Souls series. Number five was Dark Souls 3. Number four was Dark Souls 2. Number three was Demon Souls. Number two coming in, I have Bloodborne. And this is really close. Bloodborne, and then obviously Dark Souls 1 is number one. Bloodborne, I'm not going to get into too much, even though I could talk about Bloodborne. Because I want to save that for another episode. Because even though it is a quote-unquote Souls-like game, it's not connected lore-wise. It has a different gameplay feel to it. Even though it has the RPG elements there and everything that makes it a Souls-like game. It's kind of a little bit different. But the team at From Software regards that as their best game. They themselves say that. And it's ranked as one of the best PS4 games of all time. It's, for me, one of the best I don't know if it's quite the best. I'd probably still give it to God of War, but it's probably definitely in my top three. Bloodborne's fantastic. It has the best combat in the series. I love the gothic horror environment. I like the boss fights. I like the... I keep trying to think of the literature reference that they do with it. I'm literally farting on it right now, but I love that style to it. And I will say this though, the bloodborne is kind of, it is really a challenging game though for me because dark souls preaches caution. Bloodborne preaches aggression. So because you can gain your health back once you get hit, if you hit the enemy enough and that was such a welcome change for me. But at the same time, I think that also makes it tough for players that to get out of the shell, especially somebody like me who was used to having caution and bloodborne doesn't even really give you a shield. They do, but it's more of a trolling of like a wooden plank, but fantastic combat. Please. Sony release a 60 frames per second patch for the game on PS five. That's my complaint is it's locked the 30 still. The load times have been fixed, but the load times were absurdly long when the game first came out, and the game had dips in frame rate here and there, which have been evened out since. The DLC is fantastic. Like I said, the boss fights are intriguing. Your final boss is different depending on what decisions you make. If you get all the Umbra cords, you get an additional boss. You can end it right there. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but you can get three different endings, I believe. I did platinum that game. One of the, I think it's the only Souls game I platinum, which is ironic enough. But it took me, I think, three playthroughs, the damn chalice dungeons and all that shit. But 
Bloodborne isn't number one because I slightly give the lure to Dark Souls 1. The story is interesting for Bloodborne, but I like the mythology of Dark Souls 1 more that has like the Greek gods, like even though they're not Greek gods, but the comparisons are uncanny. They're like right on the money. But I just like the slight lure of Dark Souls 1 more. So moving into Dark Souls 1, I don't. I could go- talk for hours about Dark Souls 1. It has the best story in the game. And I kind of covered it a little bit when I said it was my favorite game of all time. That's why I'm not going to cover it too much. But Dark Souls 1, compared to the others in the series, it has the best story. It has the best environments. It has the most memorable... I want to say m- boss fights might be done a little bit better in Bloodborne in some regard, but it has the most memorable fights in my opinion between in the deal. In my opinion, it has the best DLC, the Artorias, the, the abyss package between Artorias, the abyss Manus, and Calamite, the dragon. Like those are three fantastic fights. So dark souls to me wins. Cause it has best lore and it has the most memorable boss fights or memorable moments in general in the game besides freaking blight Tom. So that's my ranking of the series. Like I said, I can keep going into more detail, but I'm purposely cutting myself off because this podcast is already starting to run a little long. But which one should you play? We're getting into now to wrap up the show. If you are coming off of, or even if you've played one before, for those of you, because I know Bloodborne was free to play. For those of you who played Bloodborne, you're like, do I jump back into it? Jeff, is, would you recommend Bloodborne for me as a first timer? And my answer would be no. Simply put, because I think Bloodborne, like I said, the combat can be really challenging and it's a steep learning curve. I always say the first two hours of every Souls game are the hardest because your character's underleveled, you don't know what to expect, and you get your ass handed to you. Once you have more items in your disposal, even if you mess up, the game gives you more wiggle room, ironically enough. But yeah, due to the combat, I think I wouldn't recommend Bloodborne as the first one. And I think it's one of the hardest in terms of just overall difficulties in the game. So people would say, would you go Dark Souls 1 then? And I would say no, because you can. I think it's the most memorable one of the series. But the game hasn't aged as well from a graphics standpoint. You can play it on the Switch, which is cool if you need a portable game. But the game was made on PS3 and 360. And yes, they made a quote-unquote remaster. But it's not a remake the way Demon Souls was. So I would say no to Dark Souls 1 for first-timers because the graphical style might be a turnoff for you. If you don't mind graphics, then sure, Dark Souls 1 is memorable. But Dark Souls 1 is also really freaking hard, too. I'd put Bloodborne as the hardest, and I'd put Dark Souls 1 right below it in terms of difficulty, and not just because of Blight Town. There are some steep learning curves in Dark Souls 1. And I didn't struggle with it quite as much as some others because I did go through Demon Souls first. And speaking of Demon Souls, would I say Demon Souls? And I would say no, even though that looks the best right now. The dated graphics or dated mechanics, I mean, might frustrate some players how the upgrade system, the dated level design, and Crash Bandicoot esque worlds. And boss fights being a little cheesy, not look aesthetic wise, but in terms of design, I think it's a great. En- I think it's a great game still, but as an entry point, I would say no. So that leaves the two. 
And ironically enough, if you are going to play a Souls game first, I would recommend you play Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is regarded as not the easiest, because I think Dark Souls 2 still might be, but it's still in the easier realm. The game looks the best, I would say, of all of them, besides maybe Bloodborne, but the graphics are still relatively recent. It was designed on PS4 and Xbox One. If you have a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or a PC, the game runs 60 frames smooth, which Bloodborne can't. So from an eye test, it's more appealing on the eyes for somebody to jump into. Difficulty-wise, it's one of the more easier ones. It doesn't kick you in the nuts as hard as the other series does. So the difficulty is more even-keeled. In addition, you still get epic boss fights too. And the hardest boss fights in Dark Souls 3 are all optional. Nameless King is a real dickhead, but he's optional. You might not even see him if you're not looking looking for his world. Dark Eater Madeer can go fuck off that health sponge of his, but he's DLC. Like, all the hard boss fights are either optional or DLC, like I said. So from a difficulty standpoint, it's easier to engage. Plus, because it's a Souls game, you get the multiple play styles. It looks uh, pretty appealing. It's good across the board. The level design is good. It has updated mechanics, quality of life improvement. You get the Estus Flash, so you don't have to fl- farm blood vials. Or, Est- uh, I almost said Estus. <laughs> Crescent Grass and Demon Souls are blood vials and Bloodborne. You literally get the Estus refill system which is nice. And it gives you a hub world right off the bat, similar to Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 at Majula. This one, I forgot exactly what it was called. It was like the graveyard or whatever. It gives you the Firelink Shrine, essentially, right off the bat. And it gives you the ability to warp from fire to fire right off the bat, something Dark Souls 1 didn't do. So I think mechanics are up to date. Graphics are up to date. It's a solid entry into the series. I ranked it as my worst because it doesn't have the highs of the other games, but it also doesn't have the lows of the other games. In addition, if you beat Dark Souls 3 and you really like it, in my opinion, every other game serves as an upgrade to the game. Like if you play Dark Souls 3 and you're like, I really was drawn in by this lore, but I want to know more about Gwen. I want to know more about, you know, what was the first linking of the fire? Like Dark Souls 1's right up your alley. If you want to go back and say, well, I like the combat of this. I'd like more of this type of combat, like this faster pace, then Bloodborne would be your avenue. If you're like, I liked being invaded, but I really want to get into, or I just want something different now. I don't want a game that feels like Souls exactly, but I want to see something to mix it up. Then I'd say play Dark Souls 2. So you have options and flexibility to improve upon the original game. So that's why I would say Dark Souls 3 would be the game I would recommend for people to jump into. I think it's on sale now, too. So if it's under 20 bucks for the DLC and the whole game, definitely pick it up if you're interested in jumping into it. But, well, that's going to do it for today's show. I do want to get into more Soul stuff. Please leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're finding this. Or for those of you who know me in person, just let me know, is this something, would you like me to go into more Souls-like episodes? I know most people just think it's a nerd thing or, you know, like, oh, God, no, I don't want to listen to more Souls stuff. Please kill me. Like, 
but I could talk much, much, much more about the Soul Series. But yeah, let me know. Next week we're gonna hit some more uh more football, obviously, on Tuesday. Drafts coming up, so I'm gonna be a little busy with that. I do plan to cover, like I said earlier, Monster Hunter Rise and Outriders. Give my opinion on that. But yeah, thanks for stopping by, everyone, and uh we'll see you later. <laughs>